Well, good morning. It's an honor to be here, and I want to thank Pastor Tom, as well as Claudia Mitchell, for their Married Life Initiative here at Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. And uh, how many of you are excited for the Super Bowl tonight? Yeah, you guys, a lot of you are like me. You're excited about the commercials. Uh, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm from Pennsylvania, so we don't really make the Super Bowl. So commercials are always what I'm looking forward to. In fact, you guys had your Super Bowl last night, so, right? I mean, we don't... I am a Big Ten guy. Uh, I grew up near Penn State, going to Penn State football games as a kid. Um, and we can be friends in here because our basketball program is absolutely terrible. Um, I'm not going to say anything about football because I want to remain friends with you all. So, uh, no, we, um, I, we love sports. My wife and I love sports. She played volleyball in college. And uh, our whole marriage is based around a whole sports theme. And it's great that we're speaking here on Super Bowl Sunday to be able to use that as an analogy. Because as teammates, this is what my wife wrote in her vow to me. You are my teammate. And we've stuck to that as our marriage um, began early on. In fact, I want to introduce to you the, my favorite team in the whole world, the team that brings me the most joy and excitement in my life. This is my family, Christy and our son, Landon. Uh, <laughs> when Christy and I first got married, we considered ourselves to be the favorites. Uh, probably a little bit overconfident, uh, maybe borderline arrogant, if you will. Uh, that we, that if odds makers in Vegas were putting bets on marriages that would thrive, that we would be up at the top of the favorites to win the marital Super Bowl. We uh, were both finished with our counseling degrees. We were financially stable. And if you know, money is the biggest precipitator to divorce in today's culture. We had hours upon hours of premarital counseling with a wonderful professor and his wife who, who, who mentored us and counseled us uh, prior to marriage. We thought we were set up. We had a few opponents early on, but we stuck to our vows. In my vows, I wrote, honey, I will fight hard for you and not with you. And we managed that until the greatest opponent of all came into our lives. Weighing in at eight pounds and one ounce, Landon Andrew. Enter baby, a high needs baby. And if you're a parent of a three, four, or five kids, listen, bear with me in my distress. For one minute, I have a whole new respect for you. I mean, he wasn't a baby. He was a baby who didn't want to sleep. And not only did he not want to sleep, he wanted to constantly be held or to eat, and, and he wanted to be held a certain way, and if you weren't holding him a certain way, then he wanted to be bounced, and sometimes he wanted to be held a certain way and bounced at the same time. I mean, there's moments I'm in the grocery store, and I'm pushing the cart, and I'm just back and forth like this. <laughs> Problem is, I look in, and he's not even in there. <laughs> he's at home with Christy. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you're dancing around, and you, you don't even hold them anymore. Um, <laughs> And so the first few weeks and months of life can be um, characterized by this one picture right here. <laughs> yeah, we, we were all crying. And, 
If there's any Duck Dynasty fans, any Duck Dynasty fans, good TV show, family friendly, and uh, you'll get this picture. If you don't watch Duck Dynasty, you'll get the irony of it right here. It's a few weeks ago. You'll get what I'm saying, he gone. He gone. But so was the joy in our marriage. Christy and I started getting short with one another. We were getting very frustrated and tense with one another. The only time we really got to spend time together was when we were getting ready to lay down to go to bed and we knew we only had about two hours of sleep ahead of us till one of us had to go get him. And we were just exhausted and overwhelmed. How many of you have seen heavy favorites because they were overconfident blow big games? We felt like we were in that boat right there. And I'll never forget when Christy came to me one morning and she just threw her arms around me and she put her head right here in my chest and she was crying big alligator tears and she said, Josh, I don't feel like we're connecting. I miss us. The hope that I had in us to thrive in marriage was gone. I all of a sudden became an underdog because I was hoping against hope that we could thrive. I was hoping against hope. And you see underdogs. Michigan last night was hoping against hope. They didn't have any. You'll see this, that we start to place hope in things that we think will give us joy and peace, but they actually don't. And I love the married ministry verse for Sherwood Oaks. It's Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We were putting hope in ourselves, hoping against hope, and we were losing the game to an eight-pounder. We found ourselves sitting in totally different locker rooms, disconnected, looking at the game plan, going, man, I don't even know if we're on the same team. I think if we're realistic about marriage and we're realistic about the the opponents that we have in life, we can all say that we've been there. Kids, busy schedules, sports practices, dance recitals, work, busy schedules, the pace and pressure of today's life tear at our relationships. For some of us, it's not pace and pressure. For some of us, it's pain. We live, uh, maybe it's with a wayward teen that's slowly hitting and tearing away at your marriage. For some, it is uh, a spouse who's being abused and has no idea how to get out. I've met with many women and even some men who feel demoralized and dejected because their spouse is addicted to pornography. For some, it could just be slow, subtle years of disconnecting. And for others, even worse, you're trying to overcome a physical or even an emotional affair. And what happens is, is we put hope 
in things of the world to try to help us or we put hope in our spouse or we even put hope in ourselves to look for true joy and peace, but we will never find it apart from Jesus Christ. And today what I want to do is I want to encourage you And if there's one thing that you take away, the one thing I want you to remember today is that Jesus Christ is the true source of hope for your life and your marriage. And I don't mean to say that tritely because in Christian circles we can say that type of thing and go, oh yeah, I know that. But I'm talking about practically every single day where we're praying with our spouses, where we're with our spouses. One of the big things, Richard Swenson found this in his research a few years ago, that intimate couple time was down to as little as four minutes a day. At Woodland Hills Family Church, our goal is to have zero divorce. And I pray that Sherwood Oaks, that we have zero divorce in this church. And it begins by making Jesus the source of our hope. And when we make Jesus the source of our hope, we can apply three biblical principles of marriage. And the beauty about these three biblical principles is you can begin to apply these three biblical principles and I believe that Jesus will ultimately become the source of your hope as you start to apply them. They work hand in hand. And the three principles that we use at Woodland Hills Family Church to base marriage ministry around that the Bible teaches us to honor marriage, to prioritize marriage, and to enjoy marriage. Let's go to number one, the first one. Hebrews 13.4 says this, let the marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. We are to honor marriage among all and we try to do this in all of our ministries across from children through teenagers to adults to college that we honor marriage and I think one of, the, uh, one of the biggest opponents of marriage today in our society is, and here's where I'm going to talk to you singles and those of you who are looking, singles who are looking, we get into our pickup truck, and if we don't have a pickup truck, we pretend we have a pickup truck because it'd be cool, and we're driving down country roads, and we turn on the radio, and who do we listen to? None other but Taylor Swift. And we just daydream, and if you've been in a breakup situation, you've listened to Taylor Swift at some point on your playlist, and we daydream about marriage. We, we look at what marriage could be like and we hang on to lines from movies like Jerry Maguire, you complete me. And I looked up some of the top 50 love lines of all time in movies and I found a few I wanted to share with you today. So let's see if we can guess some of these movie lines. Let's look at the first one. Say you'll share with me one love, one lifetime. Lead me, save me from my solitude. Say you want me with you here beside you. Anywhere you go, let me go too. Love me, that's all I ask of you. The movie? Phantom of the Opera, very good. You want to know what is my biggest problem with this line? Lead me, save me from my solitude. You see, that's what we do when we daydream about marriage is we look for a spouse to complete us. We look for a spouse to save us from our loneliness and the hole in our heart. The next one, take love, multiply it by infinity, take it to the depths of forever, and you have only a small glimpse of how I feel for you. Anybody know the movie? Nobody's gotten it yet. Meet Joe Black. 
yeah. Brad Pitt, right? Is that, isn't he in that movie? I think so anyway. Anyway, how many of you in marriage have ever loved your spouse that much? It's impossible. I can't do it. I am a finite human being. But yet in our society, we try to put marriage on this pedestal to go, we will love, we will hang on to that type of love forever. Until I don't feel it anymore, and then I can leave you and I can go to the next one. That's what we do in Hollywood. This is the last one, and I love this one. This is my favorite. I love you even when you're sick and look disgusting. Anybody know the movie? It's a movie called Love Actually. Great title for a movie and a great line that fits perfectly with it. We were driving here and Chrissy puts down the sun visor and she looked into the mirror. She goes, ooh, my face is all blotchy. My makeup is blotchy. I look disgusting. I said, I know. (laughs) But I love you. No, I really didn't say that. Single men in here, please don't take that advice. That will never work. I did tell her she looks beautiful. The biggest loss that we end up having in marriage a lot of times is the sense of the ideal. We believe it's independence that we lose when we get married. It's not. It's the sense of the ideal because we hold it up as this image. But the problem is, is that we hold it up as an image that it isn't even as great as the image that it could be with Jesus Christ. And Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, wives, submit to your husbands. He compares the marital relationship to that of Jesus. And I know there's a lot of women's movements and feminist movements out there that look at this passage and say, this is, this is ridiculous. But that word head there doesn't mean hierarchy like we tend to think of it in the English language. It doesn't mean that husbands are better than wives. And it also doesn't mean that husbands are the source of their wives physically or spiritually. What it means is that husbands are in authority over their wives spiritually. The way that Christ is the head of the church. I cannot become the source of Christie's life and I don't want that responsibility because I'll fail her every time. To honor marriage is to honor Jesus Christ as the only source of hope for our life and our marriage. There's nothing more that turns me on than to see my wife sitting on her chair journaling and praying and reading the word when I get home. Because she knows where her source of life comes from. That's the beginning of honoring marriage through all generations. Number two, prioritize your marriage. Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The kinship here between husband and wife creates obligations that completely override duty to one's parents. And in this passage, it doesn't describe just uh, that the husband should physically leave his parents because in the Jewish culture, he typically stayed and farmed his parents' land. What this word left here means is that his wife becomes the priority relationship. I'm working with a couple right now who I'm officiating their marriage in April and the biggest issue right now is parents who want to control them. And I took them to this verse 
And even Jesus alludes back to this verse when he talks about marriage and divorce in Matthew 19. And he uses this verse to say that the human, the, most, the, the, the highest relationship that takes priority over any other relationship on this earth is that with your spouse. And you know why? Because it's the closest thing that resembles your relationship to me. And you got to understand and believe that if it's the closest thing that resembles our relationship with Christ, Satan is going to be against it. I got news for you today. Satan hates you. Satan hates your marriage and he would love nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy the love that you have for one another. But Jesus has come to give us life and to give it to the full. John 10.10. You will face opposition. The pace, the pain, the pressure of today's world. You will face spiritual warfare in your marriage. But husbands, here's where your priority comes into play. Paul writes that we are to love our spouse, our wife, as Christ loved the church. And love is defined by this. In 1 John 3.16, it says, and we know what love is. That Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters or our wives. When we take communion today, when we took communion, we heard that Jesus is trying to make his bride ready. Husbands, it is our duty to present our wives blameless before the Lord. This is mutual submission. We are in authority to our wives, but we are in authority to die for them. See, the feminist movement doesn't capture this. We need to love and prioritize God as the source of hope in our lives so that he can become the source of our marriage. The greatest gift that I can give to my son, Landon, is to love his mommy. It's the greatest gift I'll ever be able to give him. Number three, the final one. Enjoy marriage. Ecclesiastes 9.9 says, Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun. Isn't that an enjoyable verse? Gets me excited. You're so vain. You probably think this sermon's about you. No, if you do, it might be the Holy Spirit convicting you. Um, no, I'm just, Seriously, When was the last time that you had a great belly laugh with your spouse? I loved at 8 o'clock this morning looking around and seeing marriages, people who were married for years and years, longer than I've been alive, just looking at each other, kind of smiling and winking at each other. You see, this message is for all of us to honor marriage. And the thing that I love is those in here who've been married longer than I've been alive, you inspire me and it's, you're the reason I do what I do today. And I thank you for that. Because you have found a way to enjoy marriage. What, what Solomon is saying here is, listen, life gets hard. Eight pounders are going to come into your life and they're going to try to take you out. You're going to fumble the ball from time to time going down the field, but learn to enjoy life. Learn to enjoy the game of marriage. 
Christy and I, what we have done is we have learned to enjoy this time. What we do now is we rate Landon's poops. A 10 is when we have to change his clothes and our clothes. And I'm telling you, he, had all, he, he nearly had a 10 yesterday here at the church when we were speaking to the Married Life team. He ended up getting a bath in the sink because he had an explosion. Sometimes what we've done is we've taken, now what we've done is we've taken our, our baby books and taken pictures of ourselves when we were little and we start comparing ourselves to Landon. We've been known to get into a food fight from time to time over the last couple of weeks and chase each other around the house with some water guns and wrestle and laugh and giggle to enjoy it even in the midst of the trying times. And I want to encourage you today that as you move the ball down the field, that you learn to enjoy your marriage more, that you take it from a five or a six to a 10, that you laugh more, you dream more, you play more, you adventure more together. And what we've done at Woodland Hills Family Church over the past couple of weeks is we've put together date nights. And I wanna challenge you as we're challenging our church to go on four dates in the next four weeks through the month of February to kick off your marriage ministry for 2013 here at Sherwood Oaks. And we've written these, and you can download these for free. They're totally for free. You can download, we put 10 date night ideas around each theme, and we've put 52 questions together that you can sit down and ask your spouse to learn more about one another and to grow together in the Lord. So take the opportunity, enjoy your marriage. As we conclude here today, I don't think I'm the only one who's lost connection with my spouse because everything is out to go against us. We have all kinds of opponents. But some of us are putting hope in a false reality. We're putting hope in ourselves or we're putting hope in our spouse or we're putting hope in something else. Maybe it's work, maybe it's your job. Who knows what it is? Some of us are placing hope that maybe if I just do this, maybe he'll stop hurting me. Maybe if I do this, maybe she'll be nicer to me. Maybe if I do this, maybe his addiction will go away. But the reality is, is you're hoping against hope until we make Jesus Christ the source of our life and our hope. Right now, I want you to take the hand of the one that you love. And I want you to think about this message today. Some of us today need to go home and maybe start quarterly evaluations. And doing what Christy had the courage to do, and that's coming to me and saying, Josh, we need to look at the game film. We are not even in the same locker room anymore. And you just look at the game plan. What do you have to do today to begin to enjoy and prioritize your marriage again? Some of us individually need to look at our own hearts and say, what am I as a human? What is my flesh wanting to place my hope in more than Jesus? And all of us need to go on dates. All of us need to practically take the opportunity, download these, they're very helpful. Go on dates. And the reason is because of this. You're leaving a legacy. I mentioned those couples that have been married longer than I have. You inspire me because you're leaving a legacy behind. I promise you, your children are watching your marriage 
We're living in a generation that's searching for anything. They're searching for hope. They're searching for relationships that have depth and they have meaning and they have purpose. And they're looking at you and they're saying, are you living out what you profess that you believe? That Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life and the only true hope and source of your life. And it's a reflection in your marriage. And I pray today that as you battle the opponents, and it's hard, I want you to hear me, I know that it's hard that we begin to pray together more often. Couples who pray together every single day have a less than 1% divorce rate. Husbands, let's take the challenge today to present our wives blameless before the Lord. Not placing our hope in the things of the world, but in Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And let's redeem marriage. Let's honor marriage. Let's prioritize marriage. And for heaven's sake and for the sake of a generation who's looking for answers and looking for relationships, let's enjoy our marriages again. By not placing hope in anything else, but in our Savior and our Lord, Jesus Christ.